All right, Carter here, and we're glad you've tuned in this week because our executive director, Jacob Oldham, is back in the seat. But also, Adam Spates has come back from uh, last week's episode. I know that you enjoyed him. So, I hope that three heads are better than two, and I know that's not how the saying goes, but we usually just have two on the podcast, so we're mixing it up a little bit this week. In this episode, we give our initial thoughts on week 12's daily readings and bring a specific story in this week's readings to life and what Jesus said to Nathaniel in the Spotlight Scripture What is Jesus referring to when he says that the angels are ascending and descending on the Son of Man? This will sound very familiar in this week's readings as you read the daily readings. But even more, what does this mean for us today? And what kind of challenge can we pull out of this week's readings and spotlight? So let's dive in. Our vision is to give every baseball player around the world the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, respond to the message, and grow in the relationship with Jesus Christ. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. This is the Training for an Eternal Crown podcast with Full Count Ministries. All right, guys, we're in week 12, Genesis 28 through 31. We've covered, we're going to cover a lot of ground this week in our daily readings. And uh, yeah, so uh, what are some things that are pertinent to these uh, few chapters? Adam, do you have some initial thoughts here? For me, it's it's really interesting that we just finished in the previous chapters, uh, Jacob Swindling and his dad. Uh, by putting on the goat skin to get the blessing uh, and the rights of the firstborn with the soup. And and then we see him looking for his wife, Rachel. And uh, in chapter uh, 29, he's, he's, he's talking to Laban. And he says, well, why did you deceive me? You know, and so we get to see how quick it is that someone can uh, forget their own sin and notice the same sin in someone else and call it out, not thinking about them on selves being a sinner in, in, in the same manner uh, we see with David uh, when Samuel comes and tells him about a guy who's doing the exact same things that he's doing right now with Bathsheba and with killing her husband and all these things. He says, bring me that man. And then Samuel says, well, David, that man is you. Uh, so we can see from these guys in the Old Testament, especially this story with Jacob, how quickly we can we can look to other sin, the same sin that we have, and for and forget um, that we're we're the same, like Paul says, the chief of sinners. Hmm. Yeah, and Laban did. I mean, he deceived, uh, he deceived him, um, and then Jacob points out his sin, but he I don't think he realizes how much he has done in that area, <laughs> you know. Hmm. Um, we're we're a lot of the same. We we like to point out other people's sins before asking God to fix us. Um, that's good. Um, Jacob, what do you think about these few chapters? Well, just as a you know, uh, as we were talking about a thirty thousand foot view, this is just a r- reminder. This is uh, these are stories within a, a larger story, and this is uh, God uh, continuing His redemption plan as we started in Genesis 12 through 
Abraham and then through Isaac and then Jacob. And then, you know, this week we're going to read um, about Jacob's children uh, in, in 29 and 30. And his 12 sons uh, are, are going to be a theme throughout the rest of the Old Testament. So we're going to be introduced. What I read this week, uh, I just circled the names of the 12 sons as I was reading through because uh, you're going to see them come up over and over throughout the uh, story. And God has specific purposes and plans for each one of these uh, children who are later g- going to become tribes of the nation of Israel. So uh, just a, a another big moment in the story where we're introduced uh, to uh, Jacob's children, promised children. All right, everybody, we're in the week 12 spotlight on page 170 titled Bethel. We're talking about John chapter 1, verses 43 through 50. Uh, what is Jesus talking about here once we get down to verses 50 and 51 in the chapter, Adam? Well, he see in 51, he says, I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man, and that's a direct correlation to the dream that that Jacob had, or the vision uh, there at Bethel in the Old Testament in Genesis, where he sees the angels and descending from the stairway to heaven, not the Led Zeppelin song, but the vision of Jacob. You know, so we get to see right here where he's calling himself Bethel, the house of God, where God resides. What the connection between heaven and earth, which was that stairway, that place. And then if you go on in chapter 2, he, he says in verse 19, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. And and to the people listening, they're like, they, it took 46 years to build this temple. And what he's saying is this temple where you call the house of God, where, where God resides, the spirit of God resides, I am that. I am that temple. I am God inside of man. And you're going to destroy it, and I'm going to raise it up in three days later. So it's a direct correlation. God, is, Jesus is that connection between heaven and earth. He is where God came inside of man. He is the house of God. He is the temple. And because of that resurrection, now that he sends his spirit to us, and we have God inside of us. So now we get to be temples here on earth. That's good. Uh Adam, uh, we kind of we talk to you sometimes and asking you when are you coming home or when are you, yeah, coming back to the states and uh, coming back home, and how do you usually correct us when you say that? Chenandega is home. Uh, Alabama is where I'm from, uh, but right now Chenandega is is home on this earth. But really, you know, home is is in heaven. I, I fully believe in Philippians 3.20. It says, my citizenship is in heaven. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm just a pilgrim passing through, brother. Yeah, I think, yeah, I just had to mention that because uh, that's, that's just really good. And that it points towards uh, really who we are and where we should invest our thought. And um, I, a lot of the time I will think, you know, um, I'm, I'm building a, a home here, uh, a, a place that we can live and, uh, and flourish here. But really, 
like you said, we're just passing through and uh, our home is wherever Jesus is. And so we're looking forward to that day where we're with him and uh, we're not putting too much stock into where we are right now. And I think that's where um, this is pointing us to. Uh, Jacob, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think this is just such a profound statement by Jesus here calling himself uh, the house of God, as Adam you know, brilliantly said. Um, so I, I think this should wow us. We shouldn't get over this. We should understand that Jesus is... Uh, uh, is Lord. He is God. He is the house of God. He is where, you know, the, the whole Bible is about how God relates uh, or how God's present is with his people. And it takes different forms, uh, whether it's in the Garden of Eden, whether it's in uh, the tabernacle or in the temple or through the prophets. Uh, when they were speaking, the Spirit of God would come on them, and that's how God relates to His people. And now, this is just a very transformative time here where God is among His people. The, the Word has become flesh and has tabernacled or dwelt among us. And so this statement here is a, a profound statement that should should bring us to, what do I believe about Jesus? Who Who is Jesus to me, and what do I uh, what does that mean for my life, for my home, as you talked about? Um, so this is a profound statement that should make us ponder. Yeah, so not only are we looking forward to the day where we're with Jesus in heaven, uh, we also have the Spirit in us that He makes a home in our heart, and we're living with Him. So, uh, well, there there will be a, a, a marriage between Christ and, and his bride and we'll we'll live in that home with him um not only uh spiritually but physically and a lot of the times we do we we turn to our physical things just like the the jews were turning to that physical temple uh then back in back in the day um but we're striving forward uh not in the in this physical world right now uh, to, to manage a physical house um, because Jesus is preparing that for us. I think uh, that's a future. great, great lead in for the, the conversation starter. Question number five, uh, do you strive to build a comfortable earthly home more than striving to meet Jesus where he's building a home for you in heaven? And I, and yeah, so, you know, there's the old cliche that says being so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. And to me, it's it's really hard to be too heavenly minded. I, I think mm-hmm. we seldom border on, on that side. We're usually way more earthly good than we are heavenly minded. But you know, there is that point where yeah, our our house is in heaven, our home is in heaven, and that's where we anxiously wait our Savior to be there with Him. It says in Philippians. But we have the life to live here now. And where Paul said, I, I, I'm anxious to get to heaven, but it's, it's good for me to be with you here now. And so the, the question is, what are we doing in between today and the day where we are called to heaven or taken to heaven? Um, and so is it, are we trying to build a more comfortable earthly home or are we doing what Jesus says in Matthew, storing up treasures hmm. in heaven? 
And yeah, so I think, I think that uh, on sorry to interrupt you there, but you know I think it should be said that in verse forty three in John one, the beginning of our spotlight here, you know, Jesus' invitation is to follow me, and yeah. so we have options on on what to do. How do you how do you store up treasures for yourself in heaven? How do you build a home? How do you become a citizen in heaven? How do you think that way? Well, it's, it's by following the world, or it's by following Jesus and not following the world. And so when we're following all the things that are of the world and in the world, and that's where our focus and our mind and our heart are set on, then, uh, then we're going to be building a home, a comfortable home for us to live in here for just a little while. But if we set our hearts on things above, on heavenly things, as Colossians says, then we then we will we'll be following Jesus and and setting up roots wherever He tells us to for a little while. As you said, pilgrims will will live as pilgrims in this world. One of the cool things about that is is the question here: Do you strive to build a comfortable earthly home? When Jesus left the earth, He said, "I go to prepare a place for you." I'm doing the preparing. So here we have to construct our a home. If we're living for this world, we're doing the building. But if we're just passing through to the home where he is building, so we have the choice of following him and letting him be sovereign in our lives and live our lives for the afterlife, for eternity, something we don't like to talk about a lot. Or we can choose to, of our own, own uh, our own, abilities to be able to work here to construct a kingdom on this on this earth and so following him to me looks more like allowing him to build an eternity for us instead of us focusing on a short time that we have here all right guys in light of what we talked about uh, what what's a challenge that we can walk away with this week uh, as we as we read this spotlight as we read these chapters um, what can what can we challenge our guys this week to to do um, in our d groups well I think you know answer question six of the conversation starters you know how, what sets you apart from the world and people who don't know Jesus and I would I would contend or I would challenge um, our leaders and for you to challenge the guys in your D group. One thing that sets you apart is to to open God's word, who we we believe that is is the word of God. Open the Bible daily and hear from him. That sets fix your mind on truth and on things from God. That's one thing that will set you apart from the world. The world uh, is not thinking about the things of God. They're thinking about the things of the world. So I love just 2 Timothy uh, 3.16. You ask, why should we do this? It says that all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness. And then I love verse 17. It says, so that, the reason we do that, the reason that we we get in the Word is so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so I want to challenge you 
Uh, if you want to be set apart from the world, that you open God's word, you hear for him, let him correct you, let him rebuke you, let him train you so that you're ready uh, for any good work that God has for you this week. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with that challenge because uh, being set apart, there's not many ninth grade to 12th grade college age or, or even grown men that are meeting around the word. Uh, believing in, in God's word as absolute truth and then meeting around it. And getting to the halfway point, uh, my challenge would be Philippians 3.14 to press on. Um, you know, one thing that can set us apart from the world is something that Paul mentions over and over, perseverance, endurance, faithfulness, uh, consistency. These are things that can set us apart. Uh, the daily getting in your journal, press on, and opening that journal, reading those scriptures, continue to, to come to D group. Don't quit. Genesis is hard. But you know what? Things in life are hard. You know, people don't quit halfway through a baseball season because it's hard. You finish to the end. You keep running in a race until the end, easier, hard, or not. And, you know, we can learn just by completing Genesis that has a lot of things we don't understand. A lot of things that bring up tough questions that can't be answered. But by finishing out this this journal, by finishing out this season in, in D groups, we can learn things like faithfulness. Faithfulness to your brothers to be there. Faithfulness as a D group leader to be there for the young men. Um, because later on in life, as we know as leaders, there will be times that, like marriage where faithfulness will be required, whether it's easy or whether it's hard. So reading Genesis, my challenge would be to press on, finish strong, to be faithful, and to persevere in, in opening this journal daily, filling out the answers to the best of your ability, and be honest, and then to be at your D group, to continue to finish this race, hmm. uh, keeping the prize uh, in, in mind. So that would be my challenge, uh, as, as Jacob said, to set us apart around the around the word but also people who are faithful people who persevere and consistent that's one way we can be set apart and it's something we can do opening the word or even doing these things is going to help us to to be further set apart because jesus will through his spirit through his word change us as romans 12 says we will be transformed in our mind and we will have the mindset of christ by opening up the word have enjoyed this episode of the training for an eternal crown podcast you can visit our website for more resources and also find this podcast on all major platforms full count ministries exist to create disciples using the game of baseball we are a non-profit ministry and if you have benefited from this resource 
we would encourage you to consider donating to the cause to reach every baseball player with the gospel, giving them the opportunity to respond to the gospel, and then to grow in the relationship with Jesus. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast so that you can play a part in accomplishing the mission that God has put on our hearts for baseball players around the globe.